So welcome everyone. Uh, it's Pastor Mike Gordon from Bethel, and uh, at, at it's, it's Father's Day, and on Father's Day we normally have our live stream Sunday service, but because we're showing a movie, um, Show Me the Father, we aren't able to broadcast that live in in any way. So, so what we thought we would do for those people who couldn't make it out to the service is we thought we would do our very first podcast. It's kind of exciting, isn't it, Logan? Yes, sir. It is very uh, exciting. We have Logan here now. Logan, uh, for many in the Bethel family, this is the first time that you see Logan, but Logan is working with us uh, for the summer and and will be joining us again on staff uh, full time in the fall. And so we're excited about having him. And we have Jim Nevin with us. And those uh, people who are part of Bethel know Jim absolutely well. And uh, so I thought I'd get a bit of a range of different fathers to come in and we can kind of talk about a few things. Uh, maybe you are just hearing this uh, after the service uh, and you're just kind of catching this because we're just gonna, we're going to load it on and, and make, it, um, make it available during the service for those people who weren't able to come in on Sunday. But on Father's Day, it is an important day. It is an, it's a day where... A, it's exciting for some people and for other people it reminds them of the fact that perhaps their experience as a child growing up wasn't very good at all um some people who are here who grew up or some people who are listening uh you didn't have a very good experience uh as a father uh my dad was a functioning alcoholic and uh and it was kind of interesting because I kind of liked my dad after he'd had a few drinks better. He was a nicer guy. He wasn't as nice a guy when he was sober. That's kind of the interesting thing. It's, it's different from other stories that I hear. Uh, Logan is here. And uh, Logan, you grew up basically in a single parent home. Your mom was the one who raised you up. Yep. So, yeah, my dad was also an alcoholic, but he wasn't really a functioning one. Uh, he didn't really hold a job. And I didn't really know him that, that well. And it's funny you say that I'm the complete opposite. I, my dad is an amazing person when he's not, you know, drinking. And then you don't want to be around him when he is. So it's it's very true that I guess it just affects people very differently. But yeah, so I grew up single family, just my mom. Uh, and she went through a couple of relationships and stuff. So I did have father type figures along the way. But uh, it was really through like friends, family. My oldest brother really stepped up because he's... 12 years older than me he really stepped up in big ways and i had just a, a lot of it was learning from friends dads they yeah. some of them really took me out of my wing once they learned and yeah all that stuff it was it kind of it's kind of like that scripture that says when my mom and my father forsake me the lord will lift me up yeah. there's those times where god fills in for those times so now jim yours is probably a different experience growing up i i'm i I've known you for years. I'm not too sure exactly how your situation was with your father and mother growing up, but uh, you have you have kids who are in the church who are doing quite well in the business community. You have grandchildren who are you know soon going off to college as well. Uh, how would your story kind of relate in terms of Father's Day? Well, uh, having a father. Uh, my life was sort of sort of different. I grew up with a father who was incapacitated pretty much from the time that I can really remember to any great extent. So he he uh, wasn't able to do physical works, but he had was a very intelligent person and had run a very good business before and was active in the church and uh, uh, taught Sunday school lessons and that and a mother who was 
was along the same things had grown up in uh, in in a church lord uh, and that so i grew up in a family that definitely loved the lord and and that so i had that as a background uh, uh, quite a bit different from from what you two have seen and that but you know i had different things growing up that other people didn't have. I, I ended up being sort of the workforce, like at ages, uh, I can remember nine, 10, I was doing, you know, a full man's chores around the, and that sort of thing. So I grew up with a lot of things placed on me because of necessity and that sort of thing. But, but all the time, I still had loving parents that uh, wanted, and I think that they had visions for me, and I think that's maybe some of the things that uh, really stand out. I remember seeing a side on the side of our car when I was about 13 years old, saying that our farm was going to be for sale, and I said to my dad, "Hey, you know, I want a farm. Why are you selling the farm?" And he uh, he took the sign down and. Uh, so there were things where he recognized as a parent that there were things that children needed to know, to know and, and wanted to have to grow up and that sort of thing. So he invested in me and, and made a sacrifice for me. So, you know, definitely different than what your situation yeah. was. And, and we all have to adapt, Absolutely. you know, as, as we go ahead being parents ourselves and, and the lessons that we learn, there's certain lessons that, I would imagine for me, and I remember when my daughter was born, this overwhelming responsibility that all of a sudden I have someone that I have to take care of. And um, I was, you know, I was a Christian for a little while. I was, you know, in Bible college or I was, I wasn't in Bible college. I was out of Bible college. I was in ministry, uh, young in ministry. And, and I remember it coming upon me that I began to be, ask myself what are some of the things that i want i want to take maybe some things that my dad did well and some of the things that my dad didn't do so well and then i realized as a christian father i was cutting the pathway for the very first time and and that became very much i became aware of that a number of times as all of a sudden i had three kids and and i would come up against situations which were difficult and I was unsure what to do. And I began to, to say, now, I'm going to be the one who sets the pattern for my kids as they grow up and as they begin to touch, you know, raise my grandkids. And, and so with, with that in mind, um, is, there, is there anything as you have looked going back, and, and you're not a father yet. Not yet. You will be, but I'm sure you're collecting information. Yes. Right? Absolutely. And Jim, you are you are ahead of me in the fact that I don't have grandkids yet. You have grandkids that are almost at the, pay, the stage or pretty well at the stage of adulthood. You know, would there be anything that you say, any kind of words of wisdom as you kind of have, you kind of look back at your life and you see you can never do fatherhood perfectly. There's lots of times where I've regretted and apologized to my kids and, and times where I said, I wish I had spent more time and, and that. Uh, is there anything as you look back, and I'll start with you, Jim, is there anything that as you look back, you say, here's, here's some things that I have learned that I think would be valuable to maybe some 
young fathers who are listening or or people who are just trying to figure things out? Well, I, I, it doesn't matter where you're at in life. You're always at a point of learning. And you have to be at that point of learning because you've never been there before. So you start out and 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 it is a learning process. And the learning process is is developed by what you see and what you see from your parents and and it develops in terms of what you want to change from having seen your parents and from the things that you want to incorporate from having seen your parents and other parents that are neighbors, friends, parents, uh, and those sorts of things. So it comes from all kinds of places. Uh, certainly, I I think in terms of, of uh, you know, uh, being in a grocery store and uh, uh, my son, Ryan, uh, starting to maybe kick up a stink, so you give him a swat, and your wife says to you, why'd you hit him? You know, and that, and, you know, like, I mean, so, uh, you know, the idea of you don't really need to beat your kids up to teach them something, you know, kind of comes through, so maybe you don't re resort to having being, you know, to corporal punishment of any sort. There are other ways to do it, and that sort of thing, so those... Those are things you learn, and and then you think in terms of, uh, you know, the competition between your, the siblings and that sort of thing. Well, uh, every sibling is different, and how to treat them differently so that, so that they can both excel and yet at the same time, uh, reach uh, their potential, and that, and they are different, and you can't treat them different, and and so often we try to treat everybody the same. And that, and 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 that, and we soon have to learn in life that life's not fair, and we have to teach people that life's not fair. There's just lots of things in life that come along as you, as you grow. And would I do things differently? Well, absolutely, you would do things differently. Uh, every day, you would do things differently, but. But everything that you would have done differently is a learning opportunity for the next time. So, and that, so there's, there's really, uh, it's, it's just the way life goes, and that, and and what you talked about with having your, uh, having your your uh, children and trying to avoid the things and and that, you know. You need to have wisdom. You need to have godly wisdom, and you need to to find that. And uh, it's sometimes hard to find when you don't grow up in a godly situation. And that, and worldly wisdom is not always wrong, but it's certainly not always right. <laughs> and and so you can, you know, you have to have your own wisdom, and you have to have godly wisdom, and you have to mesh the two. And God gave you a brain to use. And yeah. you should use it. Yeah. Yeah. As as you said that, it kind of reminds me of the fact that I was learning as I went along that there were certain scenarios that that I that I had learned from and as I got older I became better at being a father. And there were I realized again that my kids were different. The way I treated my daughters was totally different than the way that I treated my son. And it wasn't that I treated anyone better or worse. It's just that each of them responded differently. Uh, the other thing that I realized is the times that I felt I was being profound. Um, times where I felt, oh, 
boy, God is really using me to say these things deeply and into their life. As I talked with my kids afterwards, it wasn't those times that God had used. And it's funny how God many times works in the everyday moments of our lives and the times that we think that we're being profound and the times that we think that, oh, I'm really interjecting something, some, some level of truth deeply into their lives. They haven't caught in that, but they have caught me as I dealt with someone else. They, some of the best moments for me was when, was when they caught me. They caught me being the person that God wanted me to be. And that impacted them a lot. And, and that's an important, an important thing to consider in terms of fatherhood is that I want to, I want to serve Jesus. I want to actually live an authentic life for God because many times God uses those moments in my life, um, to interject truth into those people around me. And, and it's not just your kids, but your kids are the ones, your children are the ones that you're closest, um, closest to. And so I've discovered that I certainly am still, um, still in the teaching things. There's still things that I'm learning. One thing I wanted to ask you, Logan, is that there very well could possibly be people who are watching and are at a point where they are dealing with hurts. That um, either the situation, the struggle that they had with their dad uh, was not a good one or he was not just there. It's, they did a study um, a couple of years ago at Penn State University. And what they did is they took 200 families and they observed them over seven years. And so they're trying to find certain trends and things that they thought were true. One of the things that they found were true is that this notion that kids want to uh, stay in their bedroom and close the door and not talk to anyone is not true. That children and, and teenagers particularly um, still want to spend quality time with their families. But the one thing that they noticed was that the... Um, the time that the teenager spent with a father was particularly important and that they found trends that said that if that if you spent more quality time with the father then your um your self-esteem was better that your social skills were better and i began to wonder as as i read that statistic well, what happens in the lives of of people adults who are now who grew up and they didn't have a dad Dad wasn't around there or they were in the middle of a divorce and dad was around, but he was a distance away. So he was a distant father sort of thing. Now, as, as I give you this question, what would you say to someone who's listening and is feeling that hurt at this time? So I would say, first of all, don't harbor the, like, don't harbor the feelings that you have negatively towards your dad, because, and this is something that I wrestled with for so long whether your father is around or not, whether they made good choices or not, they, he is still your father. They did still bring you into this world. And God still does give a commandment of honor your mother and your father. And so obviously that means you have to set different boundaries and different respect and love for your father. But I would say work at really trying to like let go of the feelings that you have because they're only going to weigh you down. The harboring the, the hate and, and the, the negativity towards your, your father not being there isn't going to help you grow. It's actually letting it go that is going to produce more fruit in your life. Because I hear it time and time again from different friends, family, where it just becomes a generational level of 
hatred towards dads and it's just well my dad was bad so now i'm not a good dad and i didn't have a good role model and then it just keeps disseminating through the generations and that is not good somebody we need to step up and just kind of let it go and that's really hard to say to somebody that's 14 and, and, and is upset about it but trust me it will get so much easier once you let those things go and and, and seek help from the people around you you know reach out to your mom other people um, because if you keep harboring it, it's just only going to, it just hurts you more. Mm-hmm. And I will say too, I, I, I like that the, that this, um, statistic brings out the fact that teenagers and, and people harboring, like going through these experiences, they do want to socialize. They do want to do these things because, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just a negative connotation that seems to be going around that teenagers and people without parents are these like socially awkward people and i and, it, and it's true and so i think that's where we in the church kind of need to to step up and and to reach out and all that stuff because i had youth leaders who who, are, who aren't my dad they never will be but they would hit me up on a saturday and be like hey i'm moving something i'll pick you up be there in 10 minutes and we'd move furniture around we'd do we'd work and then i don't know we'd go get lunch and we'd hang out and then drop me oh. off and it's like because that's something you normally do yeah. with a dad. Yeah, and that, and that leads to my next question. Yeah. If you were to do a shout out yeah. to your non-dad dads, because I had non-dad dads. They weren't my biological father, but they were people who influenced me. And even if you do have a good father, yeah. there are other people. And this is this is the important thing about understanding the importance of being part of a church body, that there are special people who invest into your life. And uh, Jim, I would imagine that that as you grow up in the church, that there are people that you looked up to and people who helped you. And so this is our opportunity to shout out um, to anyone that you can think of that was like a non-dad dad dad that influenced you in in the right way. Can you think of, I'll give you, I'll give you, let's just give you three. Now, if it's less than three, that's fine, but I'll give you three. Okay. So... First one, uh, Scott Viswetherick, he was my youth leader for 10 years. He was influential in just teaching me about uh, just like life and how to live a godly life. That was a really big one. How much more difference in age was he than you? I, I don't remember. Probably like 10, 20 years. years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so he was really good at just life. And then I also had... Uh, uh, my best friend Kyle, his dad John, John DeBeer, he was really good at. We didn't necessarily like hang out a lot or do a ton of things, but it was like what you were saying. I was able to observe him being a good dad to to my best friend and his daughter and and all that stuff, and just like how to like to do that and just be be really involved in your community, and that was really huge. And then I guess he's kind of my dad, but he's not. I'll give a shout out to my my stepdad now because um, mm-hmm. he's not my dad, but. Uh, I'll give a shout out to my to my pops, Glenn. He uh, he's been with him and my mom have been together for oh, as long as like I can remember, like 10, 14 plus years now. He like he's he's my stepdad, and and uh, yeah, he's 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 amazing, and he does everything with me. So shout out shout out to the stepdads yeah. who are out there who took upon the responsibility, yeah. uh, and and we there's so many people in mixed families where the father just came, didn't have to but took on the responsibility, especially these godly fathers who have come and, and many of them maybe don't even know the Lord, but just kind of took upon themselves 
the role of fatherhood and, and just a salute to you fathers who were who are not the biological father but in, for all intents and purposes you were the one that fathered the children so thank you for all of those who who had uh, who have uh, fit in that place uh, greatly appreciate all the work that you have done to help those kids who have really needed help at that time jimmy have anyone that you can think of that uh, that influenced you that maybe wasn't your father but was just a, a, a very positive male figure in your life you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I have a, a very good friend who had a, a father that was very, uh, you know, I really appreciated him and, and that how, uh, how he reacted to things and worked with things. But I sort of have a different look at that. that uh, I grew up in, in this Christian community where I had a lot of, of uh, uh, you could say Christian fathers that uh, e existed around me, but but it was probably more of a, uh, a older traditional sort of uh, a, a Christian community, and that so it and a lot of it was rules based and and that sort of thing. So you were sort of trapped in some of the the things that I. I I would say I rebelled at within the Christian community. And uh, I had a neighbor who was not a Christian and uh, had lots of negative things about him that were not uh, Christian in, in, in the way. But, but he was a really good friend and, and he was a hard worker. And, and we ended up, he ended up working for me. He ended up being very much part of his our life he, his wife became very much part of my wife's life and i know that as we got our, our life organized and changed and whatnot i think we were able to paint a different picture of of christianity to him and that and i think that we are influenced by a lot of people christian people and and non-christian people around us and I think sometimes the Christian community needs to examine itself so that it can set itself up as a better image of a father and that sort of thing. And, and a lot of times we're coached in, in uh, uh, rules and regulation that are kind of silly rules and regulations, like how long should your shirt be? How, how uh, what should you do, you know, and that sort of stuff. Whereas it's relationship and that and uh, you know i had a good relationship with my dad i had a good relationship with with other people and that sort of thing and uh, relationships ended up are, are are hugely important that's what you yeah. want with god yeah yeah it's it's absolutely important it is a, a bedrock of what it means to be a good church and i i think as i grew up and i was in a church where all my friends' dads were Christians. And I, I take a look at, you know, as I have had a chance to see them grow up, I, you know, I was somewhat envious, but I'm, I was also very thankful of the fact, and I, I can only think of three. I, I think uh, particularly of an individual named Keith Mullen. And uh, Keith kind of was, took me under his, under his, you know, his arm and realized that I wasn't really the most solid, solid citizen as a as a young person growing up. 
Uh, but he became the father figure to me. It, I can't even remember certain conversations that he was just there and he loved me. You know, and when I planted a church, uh, I left this church to plant a church in the Niagara area. He he became my first board member, and uh, even to this day, I still think of I still think of him as one of the spiritual fathers. Uh, some of my closest friends, their fathers, uh, many of them didn't say anything, but they just included me into their into their life, realizing that I needed that. It wasn't it wasn't like a conversation that they had. Oh well, we're gonna have to do something about this poor kid. They just went and did it. They just showed Christian love to me. And um, there's an old fellow, a senior in the church. His name was Lowell Fletcher. He was a retired uh, truck driver. And uh, I used to do some service around the church, and I didn't have my license. And he drove me to this different places as we did ministry together. And then afterwards, he would take me to Tim Hortons. He would buy me a donut, and uh, we'd just have a conversation. And when he passed away, I grieved I grieve like he was, it was my father. He had that much of an impact. And sometimes there are a number of seniors in the church and think, well, you know, I'm just kind of doing my thing there. No one really notices that I'm around. But boy, the, the power of, of mature believers pouring into the lives of, of people. And again, I have found that the times of most effective ministry are not the times when we think in our head, oh, I've got something profound to say. And maybe it's just me because you know, sometimes I get full of myself. I'm not too sure. But it is those times when God utilizes us um, just living out our faith practically that, uh, that makes the most, the most difference. So, yeah, those uh, very much appreciative. As I look back and as I, I think, and both of my parents are gone. My, my father died of a heart attack uh, very early. And, and my mom passed away 11 years ago. So here I am as an orphan, uh, stopping considering uh, my life and the impact of my parents uh, on my life. Now, um, I was going to ask Jim one, one question. How is parenting? Now, I, when I think of parenting, I have my kids and my kids have just become adults, right? So now I'm at a stage where I'm trying to figure out how to be a good dad to... Um, a person or people who will eventually be fathers and parents themselves. How does the role change when, when all of a sudden the kids are adults and, uh, and you're not the primary adult of the children, you are kind of the secondary one. You're the one kind of looking over the shoulder and helping them in the process of raising the kids. Is there, is there any difference or any challenges that uh, any wisdom you can give out as far as that's concerned? Oh, I, I, back to your first discussion, we learn we learn from our experiences, and I think that as sort of you're saying almost a grandparent situation where you're uh, uh, now working with a different generation, you probably more vividly see your own mistakes that you made back when you were raising your offspring and that sort of thing, and you will see those same sort of mistakes or uh, worries or concerns and 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 you realize that those a lot of those worries and concerns aren't nearly as important as what they seem to be seem to be at the time when you were facing them when you were working with your own kids and and that and I think that as a, as a senior person you can become more relaxed and that and we look at our grandkids and we look at different people and we see them testing the waters 
And as a parent, you'll often say, don't test the waters, don't do that, don't do that. But the testing of the waters is one of the most important parts of learning and that sort of stuff. A Christian that is only a Christian because his mom and dad were a Christian really isn't a Christian. He's been fooled. Yeah. And, and a person that has to experience it themselves. And the only way you can experience it yourselves is to really get yourself involved and understand it and, and, and question it. Believe it or not, you have to question it. And if you can't, and that, and as a grandparent, when you see that questioning, you have to kind of say the question's fine, the question's fine, and uh, and yes, you need to, you, you can put some wisdom into it. So mm. there is something that really happens as you get older. You see things from a different perspective. Yeah, and you always your perspective always changes day to day. Yeah. That's good. I I had someone give a uh, an illustration that, you know, a lot of times it's like the you have the man who has the bow who's who's pulling it to go into the a per, particular direction, but all of a sudden when when you're not the one holding the bow, you're just you're the the generation uh, before that you become the person looking over the shoulder of the person holding it and saying, okay. You need to move a little bit to the left. I needed to move a little bit to the right. I, I thought that was kind of a, an interesting way of of looking at it. So, yeah. So I, I, I think that there's a lot of, a lot of good wisdom that we can give. And, and again, interesting, interesting how we we see things through a different perspective and things. And Jim, as you were just talking about the asking of the questions. And I think Logan, you and I had, I'm not too sure if this conversation was with you or not, or maybe it was with Bryce, the youth pastor. And I found as a youth pastor that it was a little bit easier for me coming up through the system. Uh, I had to fall in love with Jesus. I had to make the decision to serve Jesus, despite the fact that my parents weren't serving the Lord. It was a decision that, that caused me to consider the gospel and to accept Jesus. And in a household where the the aspect of serving Jesus is right there at the beginning. You have to deal with all the rules, like some of the rules that you had mentioned. Well, it has to be, you know, sure it has to be so long. You got to be this way. And these are some of the rules. And then to try and fall in love with Jesus uh, after that is much harder. You have to deal with the rules and then fall in love with Jesus after the rules. Whereas for myself, I fell in love with Jesus. And then eventually I had to deal with the rules. Right. And so it was always an interesting, it was always an interesting process. So, uh, another question I wanted to at least at least bring about, and I, and I thought I would pass this one on to you, um, just because you were like the uh, you were like the uh, social media. You were kind of the live stream. You kind of you kind of are aware of all the technology. You have grown up into this technological world, and myself and Jim, uh, we kind of had to learn as this phenomenon had come about, uh, you know, live stream and internet and social media and. And, you know, we have this, I have this, this computer in my hand. I, I remember when this was something that was tethered to a wall, you know, and you had to be at home in order yep. to talk on the phone. And, and this is like a, this is like a computer. And, and that involves the parenting aspect of that. Yep. Being a parent today is totally different, yet the same. Yep. You know, there's lots of aspects to the same. So as we go into the future and we're talking about, uh, ministering to kids in an internet age. 
Do you have any kind of thoughts as you become a father, what you're going to be doing? And maybe we can pass on to anyone who's listening yeah. here today. So I also like, I also grew up still knowing that like phones were attached to the wall. And okay. Like I grew up, like we didn't have cable or even really internet. Calls when did you get your first phone? 18 years old. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. Well. My mom was like, I'm not paying for you to have a phone. You okay. get a job and you can have one. So that's what I did. Um, but yes, I do see that the world is very different today because we're all so connected and people have answers right at their fingertips and sometimes those answers are right and sometimes they're bad but that also means they have anything they want available to them and so i think one of the things that i mean i'm very i'm very thankful for this my mother like when when she raised us she didn't like we got in trouble if we did something wrong but she didn't like she trusted us until we broke it and then we had to work at slowly building it back up again but she allowed us to kind of make mistakes and learn and and all that stuff but that this was years ago when the internet and everything on it wasn't as re readily available as it mm. is today um but i would say that one one big thing is like pick the right age for your for your student to to have like a device like and that's going to be different for each family but I, the challenge is, is if they want it they're going to get it hmm. right like like you guys are parents like i'm sure you've had your kids sneak out or you've had like if they truly want to get out my kids never snuck out at all my okay. head just nothing but angels oh. i don't know about you jim i don't know if bobby or, or ryan ever snuck out or anything like that I would imagine that they've got the odd secret from me, but I'm not, sure. but probably not as much sneaking out as I did. So. We didn't sneak out either, but we still have secrets from my mom and stuff yeah, like that. Okay. But I, I only bring that up to say it's yes. like the Romeo and Juliet thing. You try to force them not to do it. It makes them want to do it more. Yes. So I always like to take the approach, even with kids ministry and youth ministry that I've done, I don't try to hide it and sh keep them scared away from it. I show them how to use it properly yeah. and set boundaries and limits. And one of the things that I mean, I intend to do as a, as a parent someday is there, they will never have their phone in their room alone. Okay. Yeah. That's one big rule. One thing, one thing I did as uh, we had, it was the gaming. It had to do with, you know, gaming and stuff like that. And I, I remember saying to my son, I says, I want you to enjoy this. There's nothing wrong with what you are doing and I want you to enjoy it, but I want you to, after an hour, turn off, turn off the PlayStation or the Wii yeah. or, or whatever. And just to teach them, there's nothing wrong with the technology, but it's when the technology has you, yep. that is a, that is an issue for sure. That was the same rule for us. The Bible tells us Ephesians chapter six, it says that children, our fathers don't provoke your children to wrath, but to bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And the thing is, as fathers, we have to, in most cases, we have to be the one that sets the, the directive. We're the one who, who sets the moral compass for them. And it's not always easy. And we can't really do it by being angry. And we need to continually, uh, continually be going to God and saying, okay, God, help me to be a better father. Help me to, to do everything I can to minister effectively for uh, my kids. And so what I wanted to do as we're kind of closing off our time here, uh, I wanted to have a prayer for every single person who is listening here. Uh, maybe a prayer for us. You're going to be a dad one day. I'm not too sure when that's going to be, 
but you will. And I'm sure you think of those things as well. And Jim, uh, you know, you have been a, a father and a grandfather and you're going to continue to be a father and a grandfather and we're continually seeking wisdom. I just thought I would give any last comments. You got one last thing to say to people. Is there anything that you want to say? There's one other shout out that I really should have done that I didn't. Okay. Uh, Pastor Dan Murphy of the Winnipeg, Manitoba, Northwestern Ontario district. He was probably the most influential father figure in my life in the last like six years. There you go, Dan. Yeah, there's your. We got a shout out for you if you're listening <laughs> in. Okay. Anything, Jim, that you any nugget of wisdom or last thing you think of? I would say that in in our life we prayed for our kids to be leaders, and that and we actively gave them responsibility early and quickly and that sort of thing and and expected them to live up to those responsibilities and that sort of thing and when other people would uh, say that we were making the mistake of giving out responsibilities too early to them uh, we would say no our kids are, are are wise and have grown up and we always strengthen their strengths and and uh, they grew up with that and and uh, they did not veer away from the things because we gave them responsibility early and I think that that's part of train up a child in the way he should go and he will yeah. not depart from it and sure. and I don't think you have to wait till they're 90 years old to find out that they didn't depart in the final end. I think that they can they can carry that with them because because you gave it to them and God has given those things to us if we're smart enough to recognize that we've been given those opportunities and that and he really is. He's he is not demanding to the point that he has a rule and if you break it you're in trouble. He really wants to set an example for you to follow, and he want, he has given you a tremendous amount of trust. And if you can twig into the fact that he's given that to you, and that, and if you can pass that on to the next generation, and that's our responsibility yeah. is is the next generation. Every one of us thinks it's it's maybe it's a responsibility to our parents. It's not to our parents and it's not to ourselves. It, the responsibility is to God and our responsibility is to the next generation. Yeah. That's, that's how we will be measured. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. We're always only one generation from extinction. Yeah. Always got to be pouring into the generation after us. Thanks Jim for your life. I know when I was here 25 years ago, my kids were, were like one and and four and it was just very young and I still remember thinking of you and I thought you know, a number of times thinking if I can be as good a dad as Jim I, I'm doing a good job so you know thanks for even even the example you've been for me as we've known each other all these years so thanks for Logan uh, and everything that uh, you're doing uh, as a, a pastor young pastor growing up and we want to do everything we can to facilitate you and your ministry here at uh, at Bethel Lord, I just pray for every person who is here today. I pray that um, that somehow some of the words that we have said will have ministered. Uh, we can say a whole lot of things, but what you say through us, God, is what really matters. And so, God, I just pray for a blessing upon all of our fathers. I pray for every single person who has been hurt by a father, or maybe someone, Lord, who's just uh, who is just in the process of of healing. Lord, that that they will realize that you are our heavenly Father. That Lord, you bring the right people along. 
And uh, for any person who is listening here and does not know you, Lord, I just pray that they will find the hope and the joy that comes when we give you absolutely everything. And when you come and you forgive our sins and come into our lives, Lord, how we become new creations in Christ. And so help us, Lord, to be better dads. And may you be lifted up and uh, and help us, Lord Jesus, just to, to be a, a community uh, that loves and cares for one another, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Logan. Thanks, Jim. And uh, hope you have a great day and a great Father's Day and a great meal together or whatever you're doing. God bless you.